In today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, I go over and review the last episode 7 and 8. The little tug-of-war battle going on between the MLB owners and Players Association on a little split revenue. We'll see what's going on there. And also, aliens. Yes, wide receiver Sammy Watkins came out and said he is an alien. We go over that and more coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. My buddy, my pal Bill O'Brien down there in Houston making moves again. I think I'm going to start drinking wine. Adam Schefter is like the shortest man alive. Ugh, I just want some French toast. So who are we going to hate on today? <laughs> Anybody lost first take and you see Stephen A. get a wild up about a topic, his hairline goes back like 10 feet. The Packers just want to be good, not great. And that's why you grab it, Jordan Love, and not one damn wide receiver the whole draft. I'm going to have a beer, man, from now on during recording of all my episodes so I can just yell, beer here, beer here. Michael Jordan's competitive nature is completely unmasked, and we're witnessing it all again by watching The Last Dance. He still hates Isaiah. Man, I love my job. Let's have some fun. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Sports Talk from the Crib episode. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Hope you all are enjoying your lovely Friday, May 15th. It feels good. Everything's starting to reopen again, so I'm excited for that. Now, this is one of the uh, things that are brought to my attention recently as a topic. I just had it. I want to start it off with it. It was some news. Like I didn't believe it was real at first, but Sammy Watkins came out and said he was an alien. Yes, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, Sammy Watkins, is apparently an alien. So some of the things he came out and said is that he can control like any situation that comes about, you know, before before him, and that he's going to have a Hall of Fame career, and that he feels the negative energies and positive things that are around him, and he can control them. He can fight off all the negative like demons that, that try to attach to his back, and hop up all those positive ones and and go with it and <laughs> that he's seen somebody teleport he's also seen somebody teleport he's seen spaceships and now he says that he's an alien so this is one of the things that popped up when i when i saw this i was just like you know sammy Watkins has had some troubles with depression and and all things in the past. He's very, been kind of pretty much open-minded. I don't know if some quarantine talk came out of him. But it was I guess it was an article in the Bleacher Report. Maybe some quarantine him in the room. And he can't, you know, his mind's just expanding and thinking of all kinds of different things. But for him to say he's an alien is pretty interesting. So, and he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. How, Sammy Watkins. Did you win the Super Bowl? Did you burn Richard Sherman? Didn't he burn Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl for a big pass? I, If my memory is right, I think he did. Was that because of an angel? Or was that because of Sammy Watkins? Or was that some kind of crazy effect that came out and made Sammy Watkins run faster than anybody else and catch that ball? <laughs> it seems kind of interesting. It's a very great take. And it, I think it's kind of hilarious at sometimes, but I, I th- he's dead serious. This man is dead serious, though. Sammy Watkins is an alien. You know, can you imagine, like, uh, you know, doing your scouting report for somebody like this now, nowadays? You'd be like, oh, 40 yard dash, good time. 
His height, weight's good, good route runner. And then down there in the fine print, you see something like, he sees dead people. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This made this guy's kind of scary. I mean, he's kind of scaring me a little bit right here. He sees dead people. He can make you win a football game. Is that the reason why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Because Sammy Watkins had all those good spirits behind him. And he made the 49ers choke. Did he make Jimmy G? Did he wave that football that he threw down there, the Emmanuel Sanders, that could have sealed the game for the Niners? Does Sammy Watkins have something to do with it? He may have. I tell you what, maybe this guy really is on something. Maybe this guy is for real. I'm, You know what, Sammy Watkins, I think I'm with you now. I think I'm with you because this can alter. Maybe, maybe, maybe he got Tom Brady out in New England. You know? Maybe he made Pat. Maybe that's why Pat Mahomes is so good. He put the superpowers on Pat Mahomes. You don't remember, Stephen Watkins came out of the gate with, like, I think, almost a 200-yard game, like week one last year, I believe. And, but he kind of like had injuries and kind of fell out. What happened to the injuries, man? So I wonder if this is all kind of true. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. So uh, maybe that's why Pat Mahomes is so like superhuman. Maybe that's why he's won the MVP. Maybe that's why Andy Reid finally got his Super Bowl. Because Sammy Watkins is an alien. Like he also he believes that we all uh, also die and reborn again every day. That was something else he said. And it's just very interesting that coming from this guy about everything, it's uh hey, you know. This guy may be on this something. You never know. Sammy Watkins, this, he was wanting to retire. I remember that press conference there, right, right there, and during the Super Bowl. Before the Super Bowl, actually, he uh, was planning on retiring. He's a young kid. He's still in his 20s. And now he's talking about it, that he's an alien. And now he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. So he obviously wants to keep playing now. But Sammy Watkins, man, tell you what, if you're an alien, can you prove it? I mean, this is going to be some like, this is going to be some like Space Jam Michael Jordan type of thing going on now in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. Aliens going to, like, bro, you're the good aliens. Maybe the aliens come out from these other teams, man. Maybe, maybe like the Broncos and Raiders and Chargers and all the teams in the division there are, you know, the bad aliens. Maybe there's something going on about that. Maybe, maybe John Gruden's an alien. He looks, you know, he's already been deemed Chucky. So maybe he's, he's something else going on there too with him. But Sammy Watkins, the alien. Beware of Sammy Watkins, NFL. I'm telling you, you were you beware of Pat Mahomes gunning the ball around on you and Tyreek Hill passing by you, Travis Kelsey pancaking you in the defense there, in the run game. I'll tell you what, Sammy Watkins would be the number one. I'm scared. I'll be scared of Sammy Watkins coming after me next year, man, because he may go crazy. He may have 1,500 receiving yards, you know, 15 touchdowns. He may, like, 100 catches. Sammy Watkins, MVP. Oh, let's talk about quarterback, man. Pat Mahomes being MVP. Sammy Watkins may be MVP next year. Call me crazy. Now, I'm obviously getting a little overboard with all this. (laughs) But Sammy Watkins is... Is an alien, guys, and he believes in it. 
and he has seen people teleport. He has felt them on his you know, shoulders. So he's felt those spirits. Believe this man when he says that he is an alien and he's protecting you and protecting the bad guys from coming to you. This man knows his stuff, y'all. Better watch out. Sammy Watkins is an alien. All right, there. We had a little fun with that one. Now, something I want to talk about is the new MLB proposal. There was a lot of talk about when they're going to resume the season and about that last week. And the players now are a little bit of battle, a little tug of war is going to happen with the MLB owners now because of the revenue split. Now, they offer the players a 50-50 revenue split. They also struck the season in half. It's going to be an 82-game season. So that was part of the proposal. And they also said about expanding the playoffs to 14 teams to try to help bring some of that revenue back. And have a universal DH was, an, was something else that was in there as well. So the, both leagues would get the universal, you know, obviously the DH. Both leagues would get the DH. It's not going to be just in the American League. Um, but that's just the proposal the MLB owners accepted for t- to send off to the players. But the players aren't going to be happy because they think that a lot of them are doing it right now. They're expressing their frustration about this because they think this is a way for the owners to push a salary cap on the on the team on the players here. But the average people don't know about this about baseball. When you see all these big lucrative contracts that get shelled out, like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and all these players players that got like four hundred million plus dollar contracts, like Mike Trout I think is going to get like thirty seven, thirty eight millions in that range this year to play baseball. And they're talking about reducing the salaries this year as well. In baseball, but the average salary in baseball really isn't that much. It's around four point five million dollars. That's the average salary in baseball. Now, you can look around and say, "Hey, if you take a little hit, about four and a half million dollars, what's that going to hurt to you? You're still making a few million dollars if you take a pay cut." But players really aren't having it. And one of the players that you know expressed his frustration with it was Ray's pitcher Blake Snell he was on his twitch I guess he does a little twitch live stream he was doing I don't know what kind of video games he plays or whatever but he came on there and said hey I'm not taking a pay cut for nobody I'm getting mines so he's all about getting that money (laughs) is basically what it came down to with him and that's how a lot of players in the baseball feel they want to get their money and be done like Especially if you're a pitcher, though, when you really think about it, if you're a pitcher, you never know when your arm's going to give out. You never know if you're going to have this, you know, a year or two before your arm's done. I think Blake Snell is getting around $7 million, maybe a little bit more than that this year. So if he takes a pay cut, all of a sudden he is making, let's say he's making a million dollars for the pay cut. He loses $6 million. That's still $6 million damn dollars he could have had. So I guess. I can see some frustration there with the these players. It's not going to hurt somebody's pocketbook like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. It's not going to hurt like their pocketbooks. It's going to hurt those guys at the that are not making anything. The average salary, uh, I think the minimum is like six hundred thousand. I want to say, and I know it's, it's under a million. 
So if you cut those guys out, then they're really not making a whole lot of money. So I can see the frustration in a lot of these players. If you're not a big-time you know, all-star player that's making all this crazy amount of millions, it's not going to affect your pocketbook. Just like in the same way in any other sport, NFL, soccer, you know, basketball. It's the same thing in other sports. The bottom guys is what it's going to affect. Not everybody's making 20-plus million a year. So he came out and he said he just wasn't having anything about it. He's not taking any kind of reduced pay. And when you're really thinking about it, all these money-hungry MLB owners, and, and this across sports in general, like you are billionaires. You're billionaires. What's going to hurt about giving this guy his money? What's going to hurt? He's going to bring that revenue back any, to you anyway. His jersey's going to sell for you. The name on his back is going to sell for you. The hat he represents is going to sell for you. Like, you just, like, I mean, and then when the, everything's starting to reopen now. So it looks like all the sports are about to resume anyways. Everything is reopening around here. Florida announced their return. Arizona, I think Texas and Georgia. Like, these states are all, they're all opening up back now. And they basically just saying, hey, come play baseball. Baseball, it looks like it's moving pretty damn, going to be, Pretty damn fast, as long as they get this revenue split, you know, figured out. That's the biggest thing is. It's all about money. It always will be about money. So we're going to see what happens with this. But Blake Snell basically said, give me my money. I don't give a damn. I'm not playing this year unless I'm getting my money. You know, he was almost, I think he was a runner-up for Cy Young last year. He's a great pitcher. But a lot of these small market teams, I could see them affecting but the big market teams are always going to be there. You know, the Yankees payroll alone is is one. I think John Carlos Stanton for the Yankees makes more than the whole entire Marlins organization on the payroll right now. Same with the Rays, Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland A's, all these little you know smaller market teams. Like they're not selling out contracts like those guys are because they just don't. They never have, never will. So all that revenue making is something to be, uh, you know, look out and see how they can become. How can they agree to it? How in the world are they going to agree to it? I just don't know. <laughs> and Plus, baseball is guaranteed contracts. And the other fascinating thing about this was, I think Prince Fielder, he retired like four years ago. If this all goes through, Prince Fielder, who hasn't played in baseball, for four years, could potentially be the highest played baseball player in the league in 2020. Now, how in the world does that work? Well, it's how he signed his contract. It's how that guaranteed. Everything's guaranteed in baseball. Everything's guaranteed in baseball. You're getting your money right out of what? Bobby Bonilla is still getting money, I think, for another like 10 years. He hasn't played in forever. He's still making a million a year from baseball, not even playing because of how that contract got set up down the road. And he gets all that money. So what in the world? Like baseball, you're getting your money regardless. But I can see some of their pain, I guess. You know, these baseball players, If I mean, even whatever sport it may be, I'm trying to get my money anyway because... That billionaire sitting up top of that press box there is just millions and billions and just sitting on money 
How is it going to hurt? What's going to hurt selling out and, you know, paying your guys that do what they their hearts do for you, man? Let's go ahead and do it. But Blake Snell, man, he's a, he's a dog, man. <laughs> he's a dog. He's a dog. I'm not playing unless I'm getting my money. Hey, gotta respect it. But he, why he's on his Twitch stream? <laughs> I thought that was the most part about. It. He's on his Twitch stream. He didn't go to the media. He didn't go to ESPN and broadcast it there, or sit down with a reporter, or you know, send them the information, have them all like edit their stuff, say, "Hey, this is what I want said about me." He was on his Twitch live stream and said, "I want my money. Not playing unless I get it." With his like collection of shoes behind him. And you know whatever else he had it back in there. <laughs> so hey, guy gets guy get paid, man. Contracts are expensive. I'm expensive, and I gotta buy expensive things. What can you do? All right, now one of these next things I really want to get into is the whole news about Zion Williamson there when he attended Duke and the benefits he got. There's been a lot of uh, little circumstances going on he's being sued now by his former marketing director gina ford's the name now she's coming out there for over 100 seeking 100 million in that five-year breach of contract because she claimed that zion received illegal benefits from nike adidas and others to attend duke now everybody knows when it comes to these big time athletes coming out of high school and going to college, there's going to be money involved. And these guys get way more damn benefits than what's reported. But Zion, I guess, um, sued her in June 2019 for it. But the whole... Listen here. Of course you're going to come after Zion Williamson. Of course you're going to come after him. He's the next big thing in the NBA. He is next big face. And he's going to be a heck of a player. He's going to dominate. But now you're going to come out because all this is happening and say, hey, I'm trying to get money in there. He's trying to force Zion to come out and admit that his parents received money. And they probably did. He probably took you know, all the shoes, shirts, and merchandise from this woman too. But guess what? If I want to be gone with you, I'm gone with you. He doesn't care. He, he was only in Duke for one year. And the thing that kind of bothers me the most about this is if it was like a John Calipari or a Rick Patino headlining this school, they would be all over the coast saying the coach's fault. Bring down the sanctions on him. But where did he go? Where did Zion go? He went to Duke. How come nobody's going after Coach K? Oh, Coach K, it's a new norm. C- coach K and Duke did not represent this one-and-done rule when it all started happening some years ago. John Calipari is the one who really embraced that. They're at Kentucky. He wants them all to come for one year, try to get a championship, and buy. He's not really about those kids staying in school. Coach K used to be all about staying in school and graduating. Four years, graduate, go to the NBA. At least you have in case the NBA doesn't work out, you have something to go back on. And then Coach K kind of fell into it. And it was all about, he's gotten a lot of kids in there now, a lot of All-Americans coming in there now, being one and done. That didn't used to be a thing there at Duke. Now it is. 
so many kids coming to Duke now to play for one year and go away. So where's the Coach K? I thought he was, everybody thinks he's a saint. I bet you Coach K, if I had to put money on that, I bet you Coach K has given these kids money before. Guarantee it. Everybody has. All big-time coaches has. All of them. All the big-time schools have. Every Somebody on his staff probably did. Some, you know, whoever was in the school probably did. Let's talk about that. Don't get all this Duke. I have, I've never been a fan of Duke. A lot of people don't like Duke. <laughs> because they're, I mean, Duke back in the day was all about having like a, the all-white team back, th- back in the day. And a lot of people took offense to that. And now, it's, it, you know, times have changed. And they became... Came, became better, put it that way. But uh, now it was all about the one and done. Now Coach K is all about the one and done. He wants the kids to... No, don't get me wrong. We all know Coach K wants the kids to graduate. He wants them to go to school. But we all know that these kids don't go to class. They got the test taken for them and everything. And that's why they're all saying, hey, the kids got to get paid now in college. And that whole thing is moving forward. And it looks like that's going to happen. A lot of the states are allowing it. Now the NCAA is coming in. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to protect everything from happening. But they're just going to say, hey, you're going to get this and this. You know, you have your likeness. You want to build your brand here. You can build your brand. Just don't do it while wearing the, I guess, like this, you know, the school uniforms or like representing the school with the, you know, the school logo and everything on yourself. But you can just do whatever else you want, which is perfectly fine. So this woman coming out here, Gina Ford, Vagina Ford, whatever you want to call her, like, who cares, man? You let the kid go. I don't really see this case even happening, like, and pushing forward for very long. It's going to get dismissed and probably just thrown out. He's a young kid, 19 years old. You give a 19-year-old kid some freaking shoes, some shirts, some, you know basketball this 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 now if you're giving him a bunch of ferraris and flying him across seas and doing all that that's a little something else that'll be a little something else but hey man what kid's not gonna do it here's high school 15 16 year olds accepting things from these boosters out here it happens every single day it's just a matter of who's getting caught and who's going to blow it out of proportion and who wants to put it out there. And the only reason why this woman's probably coming out here and saying this is now is just taint Duke and say, hey, they're they're been doing this. Zion did it. There's teammates of his did it. I gave them all this stuff. It happens in every damn university, every damn school when they want a high talented, you know, person to come play ball for them. That's what happens. There's no denying it. So this whole freaking thing here, this needs to, hey, Zion's in the NBA now making millions without you. He didn't even need you. For the first off, he didn't even need you. You think Zion needed this woman? Hell no. His name alone, when he blew up his shoe on a court during that one game, went viral. He doesn't need anybody. Zion is Zion. He lets his play do the talking. He lets us play through the talking. He doesn't need anybody to sit out here and fucking, and, you know, do anything he, for him. 
his name alone will generate revenue for himself. So, Gina Ford, yeah, good luck. Primetime Sports, good luck with all this. Hopefully this gets pushed the hell out of there. Dismiss this. We don't got time for it. <laughs> we don't got time for all that. All right, sticking with these basketball topics here. Now, let's get into the last dance. Episode 7 and 8 pre- premiered last weekend. Number 9 and 10, the finale is this Sunday. So be sure to watch the finale of episodes 9 and 10 this Sunday. We're going to recap, you know, 7 and 8. And one of the most, one of the first ones I want to talk about here is the Scottie Pippen thing. You know, Scottie Pippen has been kind of getting a bad rep here a little bit during these last, you know, few episodes. During the whole, you know, documentary for the most part, you know, he, uh, Sat out, got that surgery back in 98. You know, we're going for that final run because he wanted to dispute for money. He did a few other things. Now, the big one was during that 1994 game three versus the Knicks, where Phil, now this is when Michael Jordan was in baseball. So Scottie Pippen was having an MVP year and he was all hyped. Team is mine now. I'm number one. I'm bringing it like Michael. Because Michael ain't here. It's on me. And then during a timeout, they're down two games to nothing, mind you. Timeout. Bill's down. Phil Jackson draws up a play for Tony Kukoc. There's 1.8 seconds left to go. This guy is pissed. Because he's thinking, my time's now. This is my chance to get the game-win shot. Because I'm the new Michael. It's my team. Gets pissed off. Refuses to go back in the game. Quit. Quit on him. What happens during that play though? Now, Tony Kukoc gets the ball. Hits the game winner. Boom. In Chicago there. Game three. Chicago Bulls get the win. They're back in the series. Now that's... If Tony Kukos missed that shot, they look like they're going to get swept. They'll be down 3 nothing. More than likely, they were getting swept. That would have been it if you missed that shot. Scottie Pippen did not go in the game. He refused to go in the game with, I mean, 1.8 seconds left, and he quit on his team. Earlier that year, they showed a clip of Tony Kukoc hitting that shot. Very similar shot, and he hit it there, too. There was like three different occasions. That was the third one, actually. There was a couple different, uh, I guess, situations during that course of that season where Tony Kukoc did hit this game-winning shot. Phil Jackson had a gut feeling that it was going to happen, and it happened. He hits the shot. Crowd goes wild. Team is going wild. Sky Pip is still sitting there. Like, man, he hit the game-winning shot. But imagine if he missed that. Things would probably be taken a little very different. But he made it, so things were was, Scotty quit. And he did quit. Like, no high-profile athlete needs to sit. Like, obviously you want it. Now, like I said, Tony Kukos missed that shot. Scotty Pippen has a valid point. Hey, man, it's my team. I have an MVP year. Jordan in here. He's playing baseball. I'm doing whatever I can 
to help this team win. And I'm putting it all out there. And when that happened, man, wow. Talk about something. Talk about something right there. That was crazy to watch. Crazy to see everyone's reaction. It was a short turnaround. That was a Friday night game. They had to come back and play on a Sunday early on. So the media was all up on there, Scottie Pippen. But Scottie Pippen did bounce back. Because during that same series, now it won six games, they ended up they ended up losing the series. That was the Eastern Conference Finals. They could have went to the title game. You know, they could have went to the title game there and faced the Rockets. Who knows if they had Jordan there against Hakeem? A re- Clyde Drexler could have got his revenge on Jordan. You never would have known. That would be an interesting matchup. I think that would have been one of the great matchups if Jordan was actually with the Bulls then facing Hakeem the Dream Clyde there in Houston. But, um, yeah. Wow. Talk about something, man. Like, he, like I said, though, he did redeem himself. Because all remember, that same series, that's when Scottie Pippen had that nasty throwdown on Patrick Ewing. So he came back and redeemed himself. He, he dunked. That was one of the most disrespectful dunks. That probably is the most disrespectful dunk of all time. That Scottie Pippen dunk on Patrick Ewing, I put it right there with that one. And the one that Sean Kemp did when he was sitting there and he pointed at the guy. That was the most disrespectful dunk too. But Scottie Pippen, those two dunks, that's what I remember. Disrespectful. So he did his thing. They ended up losing in six. And then obviously the next year is when Michael Jordan returned toward the end of the year. And they, well, they lost again. That's where we're getting into right now. Michael Jordan's return from baseball. 95. Comes back in. I think it was like 18 games left in the season. Comes back in there. He thinks, you know, baseball ain't for me. I'm back. Announces it. Two words. They're like, what do you want to write? His agent, what do you want to write? What do you want us to write in this press? What can we get ahead? He's like, I got two words. I'm back. That's all you need to put. And can you imagine if uh, social media was that? I keep thinking about that. Imagine social media back then in the mid-90s, man. Imagine it. I'm back. All somebody had to say was two words. I'm back. But, you know, the comeback wasn't that great there from Michael. Did you see how tired he was? He was so damn tired, he was in baseball shape, not basketball shape. That's a whole different kind of shape. So when he lost to Orlando Magic, they were 95. That's when the that's when Jordan got pissed again, man. That is when Jordan got pissed again. Especially that game was it game one? Where Nick Anderson stole a ball from behind him and you know, Penny Hardaway grabbed it. Threw it to Horace Grant. He dunked on it and they won the game. Or the seal the game anyway. And that series at the end there in Chicago when they lost. And they carried Horace Grant up. You know like off of, on the shoulders there. And took him out of the stadium. The whole crowd booing. Jordan was pissed. And we all know what happened next. They set the record for wins. And then they won three straight again. So that was... You know, one of the big moments from the last dance there. And also, of course, you know, when he won Father's Day. 
We came back in there in 96 and won the championship on Father's Day for his father there against the Seattle Supersonics. And that was, you see Michael's vulnerable side there a little bit. You know, you see his vulnerable side there. He had heart, man. He just wanted to win. That's Michael Jordan just wanting to win at all costs. And that was his words. That was his words there. I mean, the people, now, one of the things, though, I would say this. You ain't call me all those names, Michael, man. <laughs> it's going to be some fights. And when he knocked Steve Kerr out, that was saying something, too. So Michael Jordan was an ass. He was an ass. He's not denying that. But he won greatness out of every person he came in contact with and never asked his teammates to do something that he didn't do. You wanted to go to the weight room? Michael Jordan was in there with you. You know, it's it's like the little things. You want to practice more? Michael Jordan was just there with you. Work on your shot? Michael Jordan was there with you. He would do it with you. Keep bugging you. Did he go a little bit far? Absolutely he did. Damn right Jordan went a little too far a lot of the times. But he got six chips out of it. And you all won championships. You all were part of greatness because of it. But going back to the Seattle Supersonics, you know, series. Bulls were up 3 nothing, And then they didn't want George Carl. No, they didn't want Gary Payton on him. He won them for offense. So the biggest kicker out of it all was when Gary Payton... Sticking Jordan there for game four and five. Stick them. And then see how Supersonics won those two games. But in game six, it was all over. So, and Gary Payton said, hey, this got to tire him out. It was so funny watching this little part too. Gary Payton, I got to tire him out. I can guard Jordan. Jordan can't score me. I'm just going to keep bumping him. Tiring him out. Wearing him out. Picking him up. The whole court. And they show Michael Jordan a clip. He starts bursting out laughing, man. It is funny because Gary Payton's the type of dude that I'll trash talk you if you're down 50. Gary Payton, like, he could be losing the game 100 to 50, and he's still trash talking you to the end. He was the ultimate trash talker. They called him the glove for a reason, though, because he did have some stellar defenses. You know, little, little fact here. Gary Payton and Michael Jordan. Nine-time all-defense, all-defensive team, first team. So they got something in common. That's why Michael Jordan's laughing because he's like, "I did the same thing," and but I won on you, man. <laughs> so I'm glad Michael Jordan got a good laugh out of that. But you know, of course, the heartwarming thing though, when you know the iconic you know photo there of him crying on the floor with the ball in his hand. Winning that championship on Father's Day. It was like it was meant to be. Because they could have swept the Sonics. They could have swept them. And for some reason, they just lost those two games. And in game six, you know, on Father's Day, what a like coincidence that, you know, it fell on that Sunday against them for Father's Day. And Michael Jordan was not going to lose that game. Michael Jordan wasn't going to lose that game. Came out, balled. Teared, won, you know, it was the first championship he won without his father. So that was something, man. That was just an iconic moment for him. He did his thing, and it's good to see 
You know, a little bit of Michael Jordan's vulnerable side. Even he even opened up and cried about his teammates, man. He even started shedding tears about his teammates, man, how much love he had for him. So everybody, Michael Jordan's an ass. Yeah, he was. But man, the dude had a heart. And he just didn't care about anything else but going out there and playing basketball. He wanted to play basketball. So that's a good takeaway from these last two episodes. I can't wait for the final 9 and 10. The 10-part documentary is coming to a close this Sunday. Can't wait to see what's in store. Episodes 9 and 10 Sunday. Be sure to check them out. You don't want to miss it. Switching back over to football again. Like, there was this crazy story that, you know, circulated here. Chris Sims, there for NBC Sports, put out this thing that, hey, Russell Wilson was being discussed in a trade with the Cleveland Browns a few years ago for the number one pick, number one pick and that's what Cleveland Browns took to take Baker Mayfield. Now, they're, they're like, to mention this now, you're going on three years now, and are we that bad? <laughs> are we that bored of, you know, with things going on right now that we got to start going in the closet and digging out some documents or something and try, or try to just make up some stuff? No way in the world were the Seahawks ever thinking about trading Russell Wilson to the Cleveland Clown Browns. Cleveland Browns, it's clowns. I oh no, OBJ hasn't had a game yet, so I gotta still call them Cleveland Clowns, I guess. But anyways, for him to come out and say this, there, I was like, are you like out of your mind? Of course, you know they gave. I think a lot of it had to do with maybe uh, the Russell Wilson contract situation that was going on then but there's no way in the world that the see how imagine if they traded russell wilson to cleveland and they got the number one pick and they drafted baker mayfield or a sam darnold or whoever they wanted at that time they're in seattle there's russell wilson is seattle he's the reason why he they are winning any games right now he came into a perfect situation there with the Legion of Boom. Now they don't have it. And he just runs for his life around there like a video game and wins games for you. Russell Wilson is the truth. So this puts put out this stupid rumor now. I don't understand. It's going across the internet. There is no way in the world with Seattle Seahawks were like, hey, you know, we want the number one overall pick and we'll give you Russell Wilson. There's no way that discussion happened. It probably happened in the other end. If it was a situation where this was happening, probably like, I wouldn't even give up this number one pick for Russell Wilson. That was probably that John Dorsey, the GM there at the time. Maybe he said that. I, I don't know what Chris, Chris Sims, man, what are you doing, man? Why put out this thing now three years later? There's no way in heck they would have even discussed trading Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is Seattle. He is is this definition of a Seahawk, man. Can you imagine the uproar, the what they would do there in Seattle if you freaking traded Russell Wilson? He's the he's an icon there, man. The twelfth man will die out there. The roars would not happen any longer. But I think that that was a crazy freaking like no way. I don't even want to like touch on it really much any, anymore. Like that that's just kind of all I have to say about it. <laughs> There's just no freaking way.
he would have gone there. Now, if he would, if he would have went to Cleveland, can you imagine that? There with those guys and that talent offense, yeah, Cleveland would be probably winning the damn division and making a run in the playoffs. Because Baker Mayfield, damn sure, isn't the answer. That second year slump really took a hit on him. The third year, we're going to find out. You got all the talent in the world there, Baker, around you. All that talent there is around you. Time to start putting it together. But Russell Wilson was there. They'd be a playoff team every year. That's just the facts. Cleveland would be a playoff team every year. He may have flipped the curse. Russell Wilson alone probably could have flipped it. Him and Sierra out there, they wouldn't even want to be out there. Man, I can't even imagine that in the Cleveland Brown uniform. Can't see it. And the other crazy thing that's going on top of this, too, is the NFL is talking about not having fans in the stadium. Like, having it like a lower capacity, like a maximum of maybe like 15,000 in the stadium at a time or something like that. And that would just be ridiculous. And they say they're playing uh, games without fans that they may just start pumping, you know, they'll have virtual fans out there <laughs> and pumping a noise in the stadium. And I'm like, like, what? Why would you even come up as that as an idea? Why would you pump fake noise like the fans are actually there? You know how stupid I don't know if I was a player on the field and I heard that? How stupid I would feel? We're going to have virtual fans at the damn home game now? You're going to be pumping virtual, not even real music from the games? Can you imagine there? That's, hey, imagine there in Seattle, the 12th man is virtual. <laughs> I don't know, there's all these crazy, stupid ideas. Everybody's just going to have to try to come up with an idea now because everybody just doesn't know what to do with themselves. So I guess they're in the NFL office. They're still bored. They're like, you know, if this happened, let's just uh make virtual fans in the stadium. I saw something. I think I saw a soccer game recently where they had the fake st- people in the stands, like cardboard or something. I forget what I was watching. I saw something like that actually done in soccer here recently. I think it was a soccer game. But anyways, imagine seeing that in the NFL. And they're going to pump fake noise. There's been teams in the past that have actually admitted pumping fake noise and made the crowd louder made the, you know, for the opposing team so they can't hear any signal calling or anything like that or what the offensive coordinator is calling or what they're shouting out there at the line of scrimmage. I've heard of that. That was a fact. Atlanta Falcons did that for a while there. And they finally got penalized for it. They were always doing it. So, like, to have this happen. <laughs> come on, man. Like, let's get real. The NFL was about a couple months away from it. Really starting the training camp. Everybody in there. Preseason starting in August. Obviously, the season is in, starts in September. I think by then, we won't have to worry about this problem that we're having right now. Because everything is starting to reopen. All the states here in the United States are starting to reopen. They're starting to reopen all across the world. I finally got my hair cut. feel great. You know, I was looking like Wolverine there for a while. So I got my hair cut. And everything is opened back up where I'm at. It's official this coming weekend. All the gyms and all that will be coming, uh, opening. That's the word that's going on right now. So that was like the final stage. All the beaches are already open. Restaurants are opening up. They're 25%. Hopefully that could reach 100% capacity now. The pools, you know, all that stuff's opening back up. So 
the NFL still weighs away. They kind of lucked out during the whole process here. It doesn't really look like it's affecting their going, their business at all. So having this happen here is, you know, good for the NFL. It kind of lucked out on a lot of this. But to have virtual fans and fake crowd noise to make it act like it's a real game. Like, hey, I got tickets, man. I got some tickets to some of these high-profile game games that's going to happen. There's some primetime games happening in the area, too. I don't want to be, like, you know, not being able to go. I want to experience this this year again. It's been a couple years since I've been out to a game. So when I get hooked up with some tickets, I want to be able to go. I don't want to be... I don't want you showing me up on the Jumbotron at my house or something and saying, hey, look at me. I'm at my house and I'm rooting my team on. You know, like, come on. I'd rather be at the game, experiencing with all the people, going wild, cheering, being there. I like to in person. I'm tired of all this virtual stuff. I'm not, I'm not cool with that. <laughs> I'm just not cool with that. I think that's a horrible idea. Honestly, this thing is not a very good idea. Now, I want to get into the L.A. Rams here real quick. Because one of my first ever episodes I did was about that the Rams logo. That was one of the main topics I had talked about there. And now they finally revealed the new uniforms. And I tell you what, Eric Dickerson came back on again. <laughs> he voices this pleasure. All the great Rams hate it. And I don't blame them. These uniforms look very, very bad. I'm talking horribly bad. They do look soft. They look like soft. Like they look like they're gonna run out there with some peewees type of uniforms and this act like a bunch like eight year old soft. These are grown men. And I feel bad that you guys have to wear those uniforms and going to a brand new stadium and you gotta wear those the logo is already trash it's all about the horns man like where's the horns yo these uniforms they have a different kind of shade of blue and it just literally screams i'm embarrassed i feel so bad for rams fans i'm telling you i feel you all right now i feel you all today like i'm looking at these uniforms and they are so horrible. Like, only person I heard come on that looked like, looked like Robert Woods, the wide receiver there, said, hey, it's a new identity, new this, and we're grateful that this is happening, and this is going to be awesome, and probably get us back to the Super Bowl. You know, talking all positive, because, hey, you're on a contract with a team. You're going to be sporting those damn uniforms anyway, so you might as well say something good about them. But, yo, they're trash. I'm just going to say, they're uh, trash uniforms. They're I would like so many uh, teams put out new uniforms this off season, and some were good, some were bad, some were just okay. But the Rams take the title as the worst <laughs> uniforms. I didn't like the Atlanta Falcons too much. The Colts had a little secondary logo there. You know, the Buccaneers had their uniforms change. The Chargers is the team that hit it on the head. The Chargers had the best damn uniforms. Like they went back old school, new school, and their uniforms look outstanding. Those Chargers uniforms are awesome. And these Rams ones, these Rams ones, I just don't understand what they were doing with this. It's holy mackerel. Everybody knows like 
we we know it's 2020 right now, and we're trying to stay up with times, making everything a little more modern. But how? Like, go back to the classics, man. Everybody loves classics. Everybody wears classics. Even little kids nowadays wear the classics. You see 12 year olds sporting classic uniforms from out back in the day of their favorite team. 12 year olds, little kids, you know, little babies even wearing them. Like the parents know, man. They know what they had wore. I still wear my old school uniforms too. I don't like any of the new stuff, really. Depend on what it is. I'm a Dolphin fan and I don't like that new logo. I can't sport that Dolphin. I just, I'm so old school with it. Like, I love the old look. And the old uniforms are so awesome. The Rams, the Rams old uniforms are awesome. Why can't you just go back to how, like, there was nothing wrong with even the current uniform they have. Why can't they just wear the time or the greatest show on turf? Use those uniforms. You know, where they in those in that era or use the Eric Dickerson uniforms from the seventies use the Rams, you know, from the seventies and eighties. Jack Youngblood. When that's when they won the Super Bowl back or went to the Super Bowl back then. Use that uniform. Like use that uniform. I don't understand why teams just want to keep switching things up. you know it's all about money, because they want to have sell these type of uniforms and sell the throwbacks. Because if you just have the throwbacks, you're not getting revenue from the other stuff. But if you went back to the old school stuff and put it on that on all your merchandise and like re kind of branded it a little bit, you know how much money you probably make more money. So I don't understand the business tactic to it. Those old school Rams uniforms are dope. The Chargers nailed it. They may not have all the fans, may not have, <laughs> maybe be playing there in a soccer stadium, but they're going to move into their new stadium too. They're sharing it with the Rams and the Chargers just showed them up. The Chargers just showed them up saying, look at our uniforms, man. Our uniforms are greater than yours. And they did. They nailed it. So I just want to apologize to all the Rams fans out there. I feel so embarrassed for y'all. Maybe you'll get some kind of new ownership there and, or somebody whoever's in charge of that department there and just brings the old stuff back. Cause you know, you gotta wait another five years now to change the damn uniforms. Cause that's what the NFL law is. You're stuck for five years with those trash, trash uniforms. I'm sorry. All right. Now this is the last topic of the day. I just wanted to throw this kind of in there. Cause I, you know, it's going to bring out the inner kid in me. I was kind of excited about this news. I was actually really excited about this news and the Tony Hawk video game is getting remastered. Number one and number two of Tony Hawk. You know, this was back in the day, 1999, where this all happened. Remember, he dropped the 900 and he came out with the video game. And now they're getting remastered. They're getting remastered. And it's a beautiful thing. It comes out September 4th this year. And I just want to touch back on this because it brings out the inner kid in me. I'm excited because Tony Hawk Pro Skater was one of the illest video games ever made. The whole series is ill. Aside from number five that got released, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but that was really bad. The whole activism thing and all this going on with him and Tony Hawk. With them and Tony Hawk and this. The series kind of died out real, real quick. Obviously, you know, the first few Tony Pro Scares were so awesome. The American Wasteland and the Underground series they had there as well. But the numbers one and two is getting remastered. They had this video of Tony Hawk playing there with Jack Black. They got a little preview of it there. There's videos on YouTube about it. 
I just want to let you all know, like, hey, if you don't know yet, if you're a skateboarding fan, you love those Tony Hawk games growing up, they're getting the officially remastered. The guys that are remastering it are, like, um, the studio that did the Crash Bandicoot remaster. So that's pretty cool. So we don't know that was a successful remaster. It's in the right hands this time. It's not that it's like some Joe Blow's hands are going to screw up the whole series and the whole remastering process. So this is just me. I just want to iterate that real quick. <laughs> Bring out a little inner kidding me. I can't wait for that. Because uh, that was one of my favorite games. Still is one of my favorite games. I still play like the old school ones sitting there on my PlayStation. You know, or PlayStation 2, I think it was when the fourth one came out. And that whole series was. But numbers one and two getting remastered on for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So yeah, those guys will be if you're a Tony Hawk fan. They're gonna have all the old scares from the game, all the original soundtrack. You know, the music was always one of the best too when it came to those games. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, go touch on that a little bit there. <laughs> but yeah, it's gotta bring out the inner kid in me. They got a little pre-orders coming up. They got like uh, the little fingerboards I think you get from like GameStop or something that's in there that's pre-orders. So I think that's pretty cool, man. I was a big skateboarding fan. I was a huge S games person back then as well. The whole skateboarding BMX and all that. So that's pretty cool that they're finally getting this in the right hands and bringing back the franchise. Let me get my skateboard out and try to do some kick flips and you know. Some grinds and whatnot. <laughs> no, this kid, I'm, I'm way past all that now. But um, that's pretty cool, though. I'm just going to put that out there for you guys to listen to, <laughs> um, and let y'all know if you're not if you're a Tony Hawk fan, go cop that game September fourth. Hopefully, it all goes well too, and it actually does come out on that day because I'm looking forward to it. Okay, everybody, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank y'all for joining me. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're listening to it on your favorite platform. Get subscribed and follow up on the Instagram, Facebook, YouTube segments. They're coming back. I know I haven't done it in the last couple of episodes. I haven't put the YouTube segments out there. But I will be posting segments from the show. Hopefully I get it all up there by later on today. The, you know, they'll be up there for you all to see. So you get a little visualization as well. I know I got away from it. Hey, I got my hair cut now. I'm not afraid to show my damn hair anymore. So I was looking about cut about three and a half inches off my hair. So I'm all right to be in front of the camera. Maybe I'll post a little picture of what a little before and after there so y'all can see it and make fun of me a little bit. But uh, anyways, it's all good. Uh, thank you all for listening. You know, remember, Feel Heat Entertainment on Instagram. Go over to the official website, feeltheheatent.com. You'll see the everything up on there as well. Also, just you know, keep doing your things out there, man. It's, we're almost through all this pandemic, and this all be it's gonna be all good, man. So y'all stay blessed. Have a blessed day. Have a great weekend. Feel the heat, entertainment. Remember, I'm your host Tanner Christian. This is Sports Talk from the Crib. I'll see y'all next Friday. Peace.